At I am Jericho. Hey, Mr. Chris. Can we do fun podcast on your boat? (laughs) I just want him to text back, who the fuck are you? That's the point, Mr. Chris. Invite us on your boat so people can know who we are. No, I would love if Jericho, like, the consummate business guy is like, yeah, you know what? You get so many followers, kid, and I'll give you a shot. Oh, shit. And then we're like, hey, Cole Cabana, can you help us out? And then he's like, well, kid, when you when you become getting the business as long as I have. When you've been a 20-year veteran of the business. <laughs> you get on Chris's boat. It doesn't matter. Uh, but apparently you don't get to actually help your friends in the ring. Like Cole Cabana. <laughs> Who gets... He's a guy that does the run-in, like he's been doing for weeks at fucking, it was Final Battle, right? Yeah. Yeah, then he gets and, then he gets curb stomped yet again, and then you have to have Sandman show up. Yeah. When you have- By the way, Sandman just lives in that arena. Welcome to Fight Boys, ladies and gentlemen, the weekly show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm your host, Scotty Moore! I'm the man that's just had the wool pulled over his eyes with this super, super quick start to the podcast. I'm Blake Tanner. Uh, And I wasn't ready for the start of this podcast. I'm Dylan. But you know who else wasn't ready? (laughs) You mean you weren't ready because you weren't ready to interrupt Scotty as he started the (laughs) podcast? (laughs) No, I was doing a playoff of No One Is Ready for Asuka, but no, that that also works. Who else wasn't ready? Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Although, to be fair, my favorite thing about this match was the fact that there was a reason for Ronda to attack. Becky invaded her show and assaulted her. Charlotte ended their dream match by beating the fuck out of her with a kendo stick. So there's a very good babyface reason for her to come after the two of them, but still, every headline the following day I saw said, Did Ronda Rousey just turn heel? <laughs> no, no. I believe, I believe that, that, uh, that reaction was due to the fact that legitimately everyone in that arena booed her for interfering in what up to that point had been a, like, Arguably, head and shoulders far better than any of us thought it would be TLC match. Oh, 100%. Like, and it was up there as a TLC match. Yep. Yeah, I was like, we were we were all just like, oh my gosh. By the way, I want to point out that Charlotte did that uh, top rope senton onto Becky on the table the same way I picture Scotty would have done it, yes. which is like crouch really far over and then just kind of fall into it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, there was not a Jeff Hardy jump and then a beautiful dive. It was more just like, my body is a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also really. My body is ready. Oh, fuck. Yeah. By the way, I I do. I am sad that the only person that didn't get, like, a high risk, like, maneuver uh, was Asuka. Like, I would have marked the fuck out if they're like, and now Asuka's gonna fucking, like, elbow drop from the ladder onto somebody through a tail. And, like, yeah, tiny Asian woman. Well, to be fair, they may have planned it, but after fucking Becky bedoinked on top of the table before landing through Charlotte, they were like, we probably don't need to do any spots on these tables anymore, guys. Oh, yeah. Before Charlotte was crushed under the weight of one full Becky. 
Yeah. By the way, by the way, as soon as that happened, all I heard was, "I am the table." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, uh, that was a moment of me being like, "Wow, Charlotte might actually be dead." I think Charlotte may have just actually died. Like a rib has punctured a lung, and we're about to watch her bleed out on fucking live television. Uh, there's a point where uh, a lot of people I saw were like, "Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't throw up the X at that point," but. Now that that girl she then she survivor. speared then she speared Oscar through a barricade and they were like well shit maybe she's okay yeah. mm-hmm. she got those it was after that point I think that she really started to lean into those crazy eyes though oh yeah, yeah. Charlotte's good good at crazy eyes yeah because uh, she is Ric Flair's daughter yeah I will say <laughs> the, the reason I uh, thought Rhonda turned heel was I was like you fucked up my prediction Rhonda son of a bitch yeah we Listen are now here boy. <laughs> By the way, I do like that uh, the next ma- so the next major pay per view event uh, isn't the Royal Rumble. It's obviously Wrestle Kingdom. Oh uh, yeah! Oh yeah! So, Fuck. Blake, uh, there, there's a guide somewhere on Squared Circle. I need you to go find it because I'm not having you luck your way into this shit again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to lose to you at least knowing all the wrestlers' names. Okay, if you could do that for me, sweetie, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> um, you know what? I was actually thinking, like, yeah, I'm going to actually start doing some research, figuring out what Wrestle Kingdom is, because I love watching Wrestle Kingdom, but now, fuck you. Fuck you, I'm not going to watch it at all. Uh, can we just say... Did, I'm did, taking I'm a just... day off of work for it, so <laughs> you know I am. I'm going to predict Kenny Omega for every winner. Every winner in all the matches of all time. The tri- the three-on-three for the never-openweight uh, six-man titles, Kenny yeah, Omega the... wins them. All three the of them. The whole thing. Alone. Did any of us watch all of TLC? Because I had no, to get I, home. I was coming home from work, so I didn't. No, I, I think it was I, at a Christmas party. I uh, watched one match, the one match I cared about, and that was it. Because I, I just, watched, um... Okay. Uh, well, I watched the two triple threat matches, and I watched Brian AJ. Um, Brian AJ... Pretty impressive. Probably their best match they've had yet, okay. I would say. Um, Meltzer was tag- just jizzing all over it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was a really good match. Um, but I, I just have a question, and I guess we're all kind of have to speculate since we didn't watch. How the fuck did Seth freaking Rollins get a boring chant in the middle of a match? Oh, I uh, did see that match. I had just kind of forgotten about it. So, what ha- happened was... <laughs> okay. Wait, do you remember the Orton-Triple H match from WrestleMania 25 oh, that went yeah. on after Taker, yeah. uh, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> and how it was like, why isn't this like a no-DQ bloodbath after you've been tearing each other apart for... Yes. ...ever? Except- there were a lot of rest holds. That's yeah, what I heard. it was like that. I heard there was a shit ton of rest holds, and another people bunch of people were basically saying, like, the storyline leading up to this is a whole lot of nothing, because, like, Seth has always had a clear-defined character, but right now, I think Dean, because they want to play the angle of, I never apologize, so I don't have to explain myself to you people. Fuck you people. That also means we got no idea what this dude is about. We just know he comes out in a cool Bane jacket with some people around him. But as far as, like, a full-on fleshed character, like, he doesn't even seem like a lunatic. He just seems like a guy. 
Which sucks, because Dean could have leaned into everything, which he is now, but, like, there's not of a... all of the things to lean into, coming out flanked with dudes wearing gas masks, then I'm... My first question is, where did you get those dudes? You were kind of a lone wolf guy. That was your whole thing. Yeah. Dean, halfway through the match, too, fucking Dean, he, he put on this... Like, oh no, I feel like I'm going to lose. I'm scared now, so I'm going to hold out the fist bump for you, Seth, because I'm scared. Look at me how scared I am, Seth. I just want to be brothers again for a second, Seth. Here, give me the fist bump, Seth. And it was the, like, there was no reason for it, because there was no clear fake-out afterwards. And it wasn't, like, a manipulation thing? Because that would easily been, like, hold out, if fi- it- hold out fist bump. He goes for yeah. it, grab the arm, pull him in, cradle, go for a pin. If it was, you wouldn't have found out because Seth just started attacking him. <laughs> okay. I mean, I do I do appreciate that because that is kind of like a uh, a hyper-realized version of the Gargano-Champa thing where uh, where Champa tried to go for the are we good and Gargano tried to murder him. Murder him. Or the, yeah. uh, the Kevin Steen El Generico match where at the end Kevin pulls out El Generico's mask and holds it out. Generico grabs it and just like goes eh, drops it, pulls up a chair and fucking wails on Kevin with it. <laughs> <sighs> um, also, by the way, sidebar, mm. Meltzer tweet, tweeted this recently, but I thought I'd just like to bring it up, too. Uh, Rusev w- is U.S. champion on Rusev Day. <laughs> I get, well, I guess I should say this before what Dylan just said, but spoiler alert for next week's SmackDown, but it's going to be the best fucking episode of SmackDown of all Merry time. Christmas. Merry, Merry Rusev Day, everyone. Merry Rusev Day. Also, if you complain about that shit, I would so much rather these people have Christmas, like, with their families and shit. Go f- suck a dick. Oh, yeah. I do. All I could think of as soon as, as soon as they told me that it was taped was that episode of being the the holiday or the Halloween episode of being the elite where Cody was just like, you guys like Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be on a fucking plane. plane is your is your dick flaccid look at that dick <laughs> like hunter or someone is just a huge fan of watching being the elite yeah and he's like, I, would Im- I would imagine he would love the last episode where they mocked that like rick flair-esque like fucking bump he did 10 15 years oh, ago yeah that was funny as hell it was that was the best i was like oh good job kaz yeah because that's who we but are. But I, I just love the idea that he's such a big fan, and then he saw that, he's like, hmm, you know, uh, never really thought about that one. Maybe they should have off on a on Christmas. Uh, on that family Where the holiday. hell are we working? Uh, nobody wants to show up to that show. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a money loser. Yeah. I will say, it's weird because, like, they still... Well, I mean, I guess they will not have Christmas shows this year, but, like, they've ran shows against the Super Bowl, and it's buck-fucking-wild to me that they would even decide to do that. Mm-hmm. Because I went to one once, and I was in the first row, and they were like, let's just do it at two, because no one will be here once the Super Bowl starts. And I was like, well, fair point, WWE, but I am about to go... Fist bump Ryback. 
I'll sit there with the rest of them and just, like, chill with the wrestlers. You know what? I'll, I'll help promote my wrestling podcast that I'm not going to do for another ten years. Yeah, well, that was the same show where uh, John Cena saw me in a Matt Classic mask and shook my hand, and then, you know, John's a nice guy, so he's, like, gingerly shaking your hand. Meanwhile, Ryback comes by, and I think I've talked about it on the show, but just forearm out with a firm fist and just punching people in the hands. It was not like a fist. He would have broken someone's hand if he had not lightened up. Oh, it's been a while since we've seen our favorite boy Ryback on the podcast. How you doing, Ryback? He's not done much. Or, I mean, I guess I haven't paid attention to his show much. Good. <laughs> oh. But I've, been repl- I've replaced him with another wrestler who everyone hated for a very long time except I would this like to point out i would like to point out i never hated david arquette thank you <laughs> now there were some de- there were some decisions made involving him that i was not a fan of but him himself i was gonna say i i i, I feel that he did what literally anybody who has ever been a fan of wrestling would do is like hey would you like to be uh would you like to be the wcw champion you mean that belt that Ric Flair held? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, let me uh, let me think about that for less than a second. Yes. Yeah. I would love to be world champion. My favorite David Arquette memory, and this is not technically involving. Was him. it his outfit at Slamboree? No. This where he like had like the red singlet with the cape. Oh, that's my favorite. All right, sorry. No, this was when at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, me and my dad went to see. Ready to Rumble with Colt Cabana and Marty DeRosa riffing on it like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm, oh, very good. The best, the best riff from the entire one that got a huge pop from the audience, however, was when, I don't know, one of the characters is like trying to get into a trailer and they won't let him in. They're like, let me in, let me in. And then I think it was Marty just goes, no, shut up. My name's Phil Brooks now. You can't talk to me. <laughs> but yeah. David, uh, David went fucking hard on Twitter this week because, uh, unfortunately this will be too far away for me to go to because I have work the same day and it's right before my birthday, which makes me sad, but David Arquette will be wrestling in Tennessee January 5th and everyone's giving him shit about it. And so David Arquette replied. I love all the hate. Like, you're gonna, are you going to read all four tweets he put? Jesus. Oh no, it's going to be like a full on promo, brother, brother. I love all the hate I'm getting here. <laughs> Baffles me that these people can love wrestling just like I do, but I'm a joke in their eyes. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Eight months of training, two surgeries, three broken ribs, traveling across the U.S., getting stiffed by promoters. Who the fuck would stiff David Arquette? Well, I mean, I guess it is David Arquette, but that just seems like a weird situation to stiff David Arquette. Helping shine a light on talent I believe in that aren't getting recognized. Wait. Shine light on talent I believe in that aren't getting recognized. Hey, David, fight boys! Shine light on us! Uh, I thought you were going to try to get him to wrestle Chucky. Um, uh, are you, why are you not tweeting him already? Get on that. I already have. Don't worry, my boy. Doing little things I won't mention to give back both to wrestling and individual wrestlers, and I'm the asshole. Wrestling is for the people and by the people. I may have grown up in Hollywood, but I'm not some stuck-up punk. 
I had an opportunity to be part of WCW when I was in my 20s to travel with some of my heroes, and I took it. I'm done apologizing. Now I just want to kick some ass. So any of you bitches have a problem with me, I'll see you in Tennessee or wherever I'm wrestling, and we can settle it like men. Fuck! Jesus, dude. He's ready to get it. David Arquette for next ROH champion. I want it now. Actually, I would I would legit be so happy if at that pop-up event, after the main event, David Arquette comes out and challenges Nick Aldis for the NWA championship. <laughs> and they give it to him. God, that would be just beautiful. give it to him. That would be the and like we get like the and like David Arquette gets like the redemption championship card. Because think of how much press that would garner. Like almost more than having Dusty Rhodes' kid do it. Be like, hey, you remember that guy that was like riffed on forever? Watch him redeem himself in the eyes of wrestlers in the wrestling community by like like in his forties by just like giving it his all and like doing like but I like devil may care stunts. I like the opposite. I like him turning heel with, like, a low blow or something, taking out all this, and now it seems once again that this kid who doesn't deserve it gets the title, and he uses that to build heat until someone can actually take it away from him. Yeah, Nick, Nick Aldis is already a heel, so we're... Yeah, that would be the one problem. But still... I do like, Nick. by the way, Nick Aldis is fighting Jimmy Havoc in, fucking, in the UK on, like, his upcoming tour after that. Yeah. No, no, it's on Saturday. And um, I love Jimmy's response is, I'll try not to cut up your face too badly for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, God, can your crazy ass please be in whatever the elite are doing? Yeah. Have you, uh, did you guys see Bully Ray's feeble attempt to troll the entire internet? That apparently worked for some people. Well, yeah, it's the internet. Yeah, because it was a picture of him with gallows behind him, and it just said, remember, there would be no Bullet Club. If it wasn't for aces and eights. And that's just... See, here's the thing. Um, On the one hand, he is... Well, he's wrong, but, like, if you look at the overall success of Bullet Club, he's technically right. Because while the picture only shows uh, good brother brother, uh, Doc Gallows, that story arc is also what led to the... uh, like phenomenal one transition to no one AJ Styles, who eventually became the ace of Bullet Club and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. That was where he got his new look, new attitude, new design that he then took to Japan and literally took over wrestling. Yeah, but yeah, but still he's wrong. Like I don't know. Right, but like that was where Bullet Club got all its like massive popularity. Like they were really popular before. Yeah. But a- um, AJ really did help catapult him, I think. Yeah, correct, because when you you have somebody who's having Tokyo Sport Match of the Year, yeah. in, like in like five star matches with Minoru Suzuki in Kirk and Hall, guess what? You're whoever you're, whatever you're associated with, going to be more popular. You, all got, of a sudden. you guys want to know the dumbest thought I've ever had in my life? Because I just remembered it. It's when they kicked AJ Styles out of the Bullet Club and then put this. This young junior punk by the name of Kenny Omega is the leader. And I went, oh, Bullet Club's dead. There's no way they're going to get anywhere with this guy leading Kenny, them. Kenny o- do you mean you, Kenneth had you not, Omega? Had you not watched a Kenny Omega match before that? I just... You didn't think they were... You didn't think they were going to get anywhere with literal, with literal 
anime video game villain yeah. Kenny Omega <laughs> becoming the leader? That's the thing, though. Up until that point, Kenny, like, his... Had uh, more personality say- than the rest of Bullet Club combined? Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. It, it was, was hard amazing. to take Kenny seriously in a lot of different ways, even though he was so great, but he was able to leverage it so good once he was the leader of Bullet Club. Yeah. I will give him that, but I will say that from the point of what he was given at that point, like, with how seriously people seemed to take him, no, it was harder to think that Bullet Club would be super successful. Oh. Well, but again, that- I am the person, then again, I am the person that picked him to win the G1 that year, yes. so I guess maybe I'm a bit of a fanboy. Well, not only that, it was also a matter of going from a guy who, when you're a veteran of this business, like, 20 years, like AJ Styles is, so you had this... <laughs> Basically, <laughs> iconic guy leading it to, and I'm not saying Kenny isn't iconic now, but back then he was just a really good fucking wrestler. He wasn't. I know he he no no he just wasn't iconic in the U.S. He was yeah. iconic in Japan. He remember remember that match where Kota Bushi got DDT banned from Budokan? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people watched that. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Omega took a Frankensteiner to the floor and almost died. A lot of people had some respect for it. Yeah. He was also the guy that one of his, like, big moves for a long time was, oh, yeah, he did. He shaved his arms, so once he took, like, his armbands off and he rubbed his arm across your chest, <laughs> you had to act like you were in pain because it was his buzzsaw. Yeah. Oh. I mean... Yeah. I did love that move, though. That was, that was I know, I was real sad it most... went away when he became a heavyweight. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm not sad about, guys? Uh, it better be some type of plug, because we started this so quick, I have to go to the bathroom. Well, I'm not sad about all of our lovely patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right, ladies and Except gentlemen, patreon.com slash a load of BS is the website where you can support us. You get access to our exclusive Discord and get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like that fucker Gazi. And if you'd like to There jo- we go. We need a baby face, really. We need, like, a baby face to come in and face off against Gazi every single week. So we'll have one person that we're just like... And coming to the ring, the phenomenal Greg, or whatever his name is, and then the villainous Gazi. Oh, but I guess while Blake is in the bathroom, Dylan, since you're the expert at this, it's time to get into everyone's favorite segment of the show. Da-da, 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 dust watch. Dust watch. Hey, at Sexy Chucky T. Sorry you can't get drunk during Wrestle Kingdom this year because you're actually in it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully you and Greg can win. Uh, look out for Suzuki. I think he wants to murder you. Uh, sorry you can't get drunk during Wrestle Kingdom. Because you're in it. <laughs> Which was one of his tweets. He was like, oh, I, can't li- I can't get drunk and live tweet now. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the best. But also, guys, guys. Sexy Chucky T's in fucking Wrestle Kingdom. That's fucking... I feel like that was us. Yeah. <laughs> the bookers looked like, and they are like... I was like... <gasps> my, my baby boy has made it! <laughs> <laughs> Our boy has made it! Also, was it Suzuki wants to kill you? Oh, well, Suzuki wants to murder... By the way, I like how I had that thing. He was like, man, I really hope he's in that in that six-man gauntlet. And then it happened. And I was like, now I'm just waiting for the spot where Goto and fucking... Oh, no, when Goto and Greg just, like, both back away from him. I was like, here, just murder him, and then we'll fight you after. Yeah. Just- 
do a little murder, and then we're going to be fine. Well, boys, since this is going to be... That's actually the last dust watch of 2018, because this... Since next week is... I completely missed the dust watch! Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lengthy so you piss, you going to the bathroom. Um, but this is also the last episode of the year, because we're taking next week off, because there's... Unlike WWE, we do get Christmases off. Um, well, they do too this year, so yeah. just like WWE. And by the way, did you see? Did you see uh, Pac tweet, tweeted? He was like, "Hey, Christmas over the entire country of Japan. I'm not defending my title at the last show of the year." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh man!" But I, I guess it's now time to get into the. I guess the fighties. What should we call them? Our end of the year best of awards. The the. The, the, the golden mm. sippy cups. The dusty. Golden sippy cups. The dusty. No, no, no. Uh, um, I do I, like the golden sippy cups. <laughs> the sippies. That's the short Sip- term. Is the sippies. Okay. The sippies. So first, uh, and then this one can be promo of the year, moment of the year, just moment of the year for 2018. Anything that was non wrestling. Mm. Like, Wait, what? Like, actually not locking up in the middle of a match. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, like a promo that someone had, or like a thing that happened. I uh, thought about this one for a long time, and I'm going first now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because I missed out on the dust watch. It's um, fair. But I think, and this go- ties into the next one a little bit, maybe, but um, my favorite promo and moment was Daniel Bryan's return speech. Oh, yeah, uh, that was very, because very I, good. Yeah, I think that it was, it, it, it led to his whole, if you fight for your dreams, your dreams will fight for you mantra. Yeah. <laughs> which, when he first, like, stated that, those words have kind of just kept me going throughout the rest of the year, because it is such a good mantra. And now that he's been able to turn that simple phrase into the whole reasoning behind his heel turn right. into the new Daniel Bryan, like, that is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, going on to mine, and mine, I don't know if this is going to be a controversial pick or not, but, like, because I had a promo of the year as well, but I can connect that with one of my wrestler of the years. Um but, uh, I guess my moment of the year is the only time where I was ever downstairs about to leave watching Raw and sat back down. And it, it's not that it was a positive segment, it was just the most emotionally resonant moment on Raw throughout this entire year. And it was Roman's farewell speech. I mean, I know oh, it, yeah. yeah, I know it wasn't planned, it was him speaking from the heart, and it was so, cause it's this thing of like, Roman has always been a scripted character, and getting to see Joe speak from the heart was this moment of like, yeah, this guy is fucking awesome. It's I, I think, and it also turned the entire internet to being like, he is a good fucking guy, man. Like you get to see a lot of that too with all of the uh, the backstage stuff that they've done, all of the twenty fours, all of the um, documentaries that they've been putting out this year. Oh yeah, because if you see him like just chilling with everyone else, you see how cool of a dude he is and how enjoyable he probably is to be around. Yeah, and the only time that I'd seen that in the ring was his farewell speech. So that's a good that's a good one right that, there. That and then when he tagged with Dean. 
which we've gone on <laughs> ad nauseum on the show. Uh, what about you, D? Um, so you remember that point where, uh, where Becky Lynch was, uh, was bleeding from the face and she stood on the stairs, like, you know, arms out, like, come at me, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah. That is a good one. Also, you know, the whole, can, the whole, I just cemented myself as the new, like, face of women's wrestling. While also concussed yeah. to all hell. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the amount of respect she probably got for like, because, you know, if you've ever been punched, in the face, or just hit in the face. It hurts like a mother. So to, di- to so to then look that badass. Yeah. Land some chair shots. Look that badass. Uh, just like it, it, it. Like she. That's why the entire, the whole every arena she ever goes into is completely behind her. Like that. That was that was the moment she became the man. Oh yeah. Like. That was the that was the crowning. That was the hey, you're gonna you're gonna potentially like upper upper card WrestleMania now. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, it was such an iconic visual as well. Like it was reminiscent of CM Punk like leaving um yeah, Illinois blowing, the kiss, to, blowing yeah. the kiss or like the one that it, I connected the most to, and I don't know if it's because they were both female wrestlers, but it was Candice LeRae after their match against the Young Bucks, where she's just covered in fucking blood and holding the title to the sky that's what it reminded me of a lot just a more pg version um on on to the next one and this was a category i came up with just because i think i saw what culture did a video on something similar and it's your guilty pleasure of the year the entire world this is surprise of the year now we're going out of order the so for so for me, it was the entire World Tag League and crazy <laughs> and the evolution of Crazy Dustin. Crazy Chucky e. T. That is cra- crazy Chucky e. T. Where it was just like him, just slowly losing it, and like especially especially the shows where Excalibur was there. Oh yeah, and Excalibur had to like try to explain to Kevin Kelly. It was like, listen, um, Chuck Taylor's fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> And like I just, it was so, it, it was just so fun, cathartic to see him do that. Because oddly enough, like, so the Japanese fans don't really respect Chuck Taylor that much, just like as a wrestler, as a performer. It's like, oh look, there's Beretta's, uh, like partner. friend, yeah, yeah, partner. Um, but like once he started, like you know, wholesale crazy man beating ass they're like oh okay like they've at least noticed him they don't cheer him but there's this definite like like you could feel the change in perception from the crowd and i'm just so i'm just so happy about that because it wasn't great wasn't the best done thing and like it was done during the world tag league which is affectionately known as like the dead winter of new japan yeah uh so i was just like "Ah, all right that'll that'll do all right blake and you're uh your sippy of 2018. Oh, no, why don't you go next, buddy? Go now. <laughs> okay. Um, mine is something that is ironic because the first match in this series I saw live and blatantly ignored while really drunk. But after WrestleMania, I really fucking enjoyed the Brock and Roman matches. I don't know what it was about them. I don't, I guess it was just because it was so fucking vicious. It, it was kind of like a Transformers movie where you just <laughs> turn your brain off and look at these two behemoths fuck each other up for a while. And I guess who was I, the, who I, was the racist car in that one? 
Who had the gold teeth? Was it? (laughs) And then I guess I could also expand that to the Roman Braun matches as well, because I saw one of those live at a Raw house show, and it was easily the best one of the night, just because it's so fucking hard-hitting, but, like, not... I I don't know. It it, it was literally like a a B-movie, essentially. Roman Reigns is never going to win the Daniel Bryan Technician of the Year award from, like, you know... The Observer. It's He's not always going to be the hoss. But he the will, hoss that's the boss. He will win the, wow, he fucked that guy up award. Nope. That's going to be it. Um, he threw like 18 Superman punches. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, mine also comes from WrestleMania this year. Because there's something like that speaks deeply to my heart and brings me a type of macabre joy um, when I see people that are part of, like, the wrestling fan community on the internet get vehemently mad about a single thing. Yeah. And that was the Braun Strowman Nicholas match. Oh. And them winning. You mean the death of the Raw Tag Division? <laughs> um, yes. Because I everyone got mad and I fucking loved it. I fucking love that this kid is gonna go out there and no matter what people would say about it or what... He's, he's the new he David won. Arquette. Huh? He's the new David... Yeah. yeah. Nicholas, David I can't Arquette. Wait, I, can't wait until, I can't wait until Nicholas is like old enough to become a wrestler. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, hey, you remember this fucker? I was really afraid Blake's was going to go in the direction of this also came from WrestleMania, and it made a lot of people online upset. And it was all of the nut shots that happened this year. <laughs> just so many. That's our... Oh, that's our that's in- not even that's, guilty. That's just pleasure. No, that's our in-memoriam section is for all the balls destroyed by Shinsuke Nagamura this year. Oh... Um, okay, up next... How many, how many pictures of AJ Styles do you have? <laughs> and at the very... At the very end, you get to see one picture of Daniel Bryan... Holding the title. With Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, up next, I guess, uh, we'll skip around. We'll do Match of the Year. And I will start off... It was difficult for me, because I've not, despite hosting a professional wrestling podcast, seen a lot of the best matches that I would know of this year... But Gargano Ciampa won, despite having some less than stellar follow-ups, is still such a good fucking... Because, like, any match where they set something up, and you're like, oh, clearly he's about to suplex him, or he's gonna reverse this, and then they just actually suplex each other off of a table onto the concrete floor, and I'm like, wait, no, 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 don't do that. (laughs) Which one was that? Was that the unsanctioned match, or was that the two out of three falls? That was the unsanctioned match, because I was not a fan. Damn it. I was not a fan of the two out of three falls match. Um, no, I'd pick the unsanctioned match, too. Yeah. I've got another one. It's okay. Okay, yeah, you can I mean, you, take- can, you can also pick the same thing. Well, I also I don't had want another to. one. I also had Charlotte and Asuka at WrestleMania, because that was a really fucking good match. That was a good match. Of course, ending with the well, Especially big- now that we know the payoff later, so we don't have to feel bad about how ter- how much it turfed out Asuka's <laughs> career for like six months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think that since, um, Scotty, yours was from the uh, New Orleans pay-per-view, the New Orleans takeover, um, I'm going to go with my second one, which was also from the New Orleans pay-per-view, which was my favorite pay-per-view this year. Yeah. Um, and that's the six-way ladder match. Oh, yeah. Um, 
that mean, song. Oh, you mean where? Oh, you mean where everybody thought that uh, that Ricochet died by Adam Cole superkick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just love the. You can't see Ricochet. All you see is Adam Cole do the like gun motion and then bam, yeah, and you're just like, oh shit. Yeah. Well, uh, nice debut, man. Good knowing you. If we did, also, I will say, if we did a rookie of the year or something like, and I guess he's not even a rookie because he was around last year. I guess most improved. I would give it so hard to Velveteen Dream because Velveteen oh, yeah. has fucking impressed the hell out of me this year. I have to agree. Call me up, Vince. Yeah, because he's he's also got one of like the best matches that I've seen this year too. Him and Chiampa. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so Dylan, yours is definitely got to be from New Japan. I'm just gonna already predict that. Yeah, it's it's almost like I'm I'm subscribed to their their <laughs> service and watch their watch their fucking uh watch their fucking pay per views every month. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I, I think I'm gonna go with my my favorite wrestler, um, Chuck winning, Taylor. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, the like the one that everybody else the the two out of three, like oh, yeah. no time limit match from Dominion where I like. Got up, ran around, sat back down, got up another time, ran around. Like that, I watched that match live and I just kept finding. You ever, you ever been really tired and then you watch something entertaining and then like the adrenaline gets pumping? It was that, but for an hour and four minutes. Oh yeah. Like I kept being like, oh, I'm going to fall asleep. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. This is. Especially, especially because I was so, I had so convinced myself that they weren't going to give the belt to Kenny, like the whole match, because like it, because they be- they beautifully fake everybody out by having Okada win the first fall by roll up, so he hasn't burned his finisher, so like, so it's just like, well, shit, that solves the two out of three falls problem because you already have the non finisher fall. Yeah, that is that. my whole like. That is what happens to me every um, Wrestle Kingdom comes around because I'm up super late, and by the time that it gets to like the last few matches, I'm just so invested in whatever's happening. Man, oh, it's amazing. Fuck, it's been a long fucking year. Because for some reason, I thought he won that belt like two years ago or some shit. Well, I mean, he barely defends it, yeah, which is the lone down part. But on the bright side, he had it when I got to see him live in Orlando or in Daytona with you. So like I got to see Kenny Omega with the championship belt. But no, that match was that match was so stellar. The commentary was amazing. Yeah. Um that was the one thing. Like like if you notice all of our picks, the one the one thing is commentary makes a match of the year. You don't have like a great match of the year and shit commentary. Yeah. But like Well, it's that like, it's crowd reaction. Like it's a lot huh? that like the wrestlers themselves cannot control. Yeah, and and like but uh the uh, the end the end bit where freaking uh Don Callis loses his shit to Omega hitting the one wheel is like hook the leg hook the leg yeah. <laughs> like he's a, like like he's he's the 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 voice of all the Omega fans like do it fucking do it yeah like no nah, there's no there's nothing that's gonna uh, gonna beat that yeah. that like that all right uh, up chase. next we have surprise of the year so the moment biggest moment in the year that just made you go like oh fuck. Oh shit! This is happening. Like uh, the countdown clock from the Bucks. Oh, I haven't gone first yet. Yeah, let Dylan go first. Yeah, the countdown clock. Whenever the Bucks decided to like throw everybody sideways and being like, "Hey, all in was good. We're not re-signing with ROH. We're not signing with New Japan officially. We're going potentially to start our own company." Like I will like. 
the, the, that's this is such a pivotal like potentially because like, like we still don't know the full details of it. We won't until after this podcast even comes out. Yeah, like this is such a like a potentially like history changing event for wrestling, especially after All In, which was phenomenal, more successful, the most successful independent show ever. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, like that happening, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I got, like I'm legit excited. Okay. For that, uh, Blake, you seemed also very excited for your surprise. Mine, it's kind of, it's more low key because it's, um, is it actually low key? Because he's a wrestler. Yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it, no, it's Ka- it's Caval. But it's <laughs> it's more of like a a classic wrestling surprise, and like everything that went into this surprise happening. And it was at All In, at the end of the Kenny Omega and, oh. um... Pentagon. Ah, Pentagon. Pentagon Jr. I match. thought you were about to say at the end of the Adam Page match, and it was when Joey Ryan came out surrounded by inflatable dicks. Dick Druids. Dick Druids. The end of the match, you know, you saw, um, Pentagon get up. And you knew that something was off after a few seconds. Yeah. Probably the fact that he had tattoos and his outfit had Sharpie all over it. (laughs) (laughs) Spray paint. There's no way you could have told that. You were watching it on your phone. You did see... There were some differences, though. You knew something was different. You knew someone was going to come out from under that mask. And it was Chris fucking Jericho, who later that night played... Uh, like a set with his band hundreds of miles away. Yeah. Who, at that point, everyone was like, there's no way he's going to be on this show as much as everyone would want it to be because he is hundreds of miles away. Yeah. The fact that they had gone through so much effort to keep it secret from almost everyone in the back during All In and the fact that they shuffled him out like right after that match. Everything that went into that, everything that went into him making his uh, costume look like Pentagon's, making like sure that everything looked right for that just those few seconds yeah. of popping out, taking his match off, and saying, we're going to be on a boat. Just the story of it, like listening to the Jericast talking about it was just, because like, the best moment was still when we were in the car, I pulled up all in, and as soon as that fucking happened, he takes the mask off, and I was like, what the fuck? We did this at the perfect time! Yes! <laughs> that was as soon as we pulled it up. Yeah, but, um, well, Blake, you got awkwardly close to my pick for surprise of the year, because this is something I forgot happened this year. Mm. And it was Jericho debuting for New Japan Professional <laughs> Wrestling. <laughs> And this may have been like early 2000 or late 2017, but I associate it with January. But just yeah. like the fact of him showing up, because like Jericho's a guy who was like WWE guy through and through. The most I've seen of him anywhere else was like an ROH promo he once did with Delirious. And that's it. And just seeing him show up and then look at arguably the greatest wrestler of this age, Kenny Omega, and saying, we're about to fucking fight. It was on par with, like, Rock Cena before that got tired. It was that yeah. electric moment of, like, this is going to happen once in a lifetime, although it's going to yeah. happen a few more times. But, like, it was it, such it a... It was the bit where 
So essentially, what you're saying it was a bit where like it was realized at Wrestle Kingdom, like Jericho came out and you're like, "Oh, this is real. Yeah. This is real." <laughs> I thought they were. I thought that was just like, "Oh, sure, there was the run-in attack," but like you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it also goes to show just how great Chris Jericho is at the business, like the at being at keeping himself relevant in different ways because he is maybe not gone. at dressing himself, but. Well, I mean, no, like, I he's a bad guy. Like, dressing up like fucking Leather Daddy Carmen San Diego is perfect because it's getting him heat. Like, Jericho is hands down probably my favorite wrestler of all fucking time just because of his longevity. Like, if there's someone who I could take my approach or a person who I've taken my approach to, like, business and shit from, it's Jericho. Um, I get that. I totally get that. And then... Finally. Not in the fact that I would want to do business that way, but I see how you do business that yeah. way, and I'm totally in for Just it. Just persistence and changing up when things need to be changed up, buddy. And then screaming out catchphrases. Um, and then finally... 20-year re- veteran! <laughs> then finally, your wrestler of the year. Let's start with Dylan, because it's definitely Kenny Omega. Uh- <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Um... It's Okada. Oh! Very good Because Omega, Omega did have great matches. Omega arguably had one of his best years, but he also had to take time off. He wasn't in the tag league. He wasn't in a lot of things. He didn't defend the title that much. But, like, up until Dominion and then with the new, like, fallen Rainmaker gimmick afterwards, like, Okada has had arguably his most, like impressive character year on top of the fact that before he lost to omega he had like three solid defenses against who people who are essentially upper mid carters in new japan like he he always made you believe that he could lose the title but would not lose the title yeah <laughs> at wrestle kingdom mm-hmm. like to fucking sonata to anybody and like then when he did his new thing when he actually started losing but he did the character work he so the the G1 climax is split into two blocks like there's the A block there's the B block the B block was stacked with everybody Ishi Omega like Suzuki like everyone everybody was in that not maybe not Suzuki but like everybody was in that block and the only people in the A block were Okada and Tanahashi essentially and like Tanahashi didn't wrestle that many good matches, but Omega ev- or Okada every Okada match was a good match. Like he got a good match out of every single person in what was like a non-champion depleted block. Like whenever the Observer or like whenever people pulled the best matches of uh of the G1, it was all B block matches, and then all the only A block matches were like three or four Okada ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's a sign that like match with anybody, match anywhere, and, like, can always make you believe something's happening. Like, and I, like I said, Omega, while being really, while being really good, well, arguably, like you said, being the best, like, maybe not this year, but, like, overall, I'm sure his career when he retires will be like, God damn it, that was, that was fucking something else, wasn't it? But especially now with the stuff with the Elite and, like, all that, it, it feels a bit convoluted, especially towards the end of the year, while, like, Okada's stuff is still pretty consistent Solid, yeah uh okada's yeah he's had the uh good fortune to stay with like the company that he's been with forever and still be their staple and still be amazing yeah 
Uh, and he's not even the most popular wrestler. It's still Tanahashi. Like, he wasn't even top five this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still am just like, no, no, no. I remember I remember when you made me believe a man with a mohawk could somehow be the fucking IWGP champion. <laughs> All right. Blakey T, your wrestler of the year. My wrestler of the year is my wrestler of the year because he has had some amazing matches, but he has also brought me back to a time that I never got to experience as uh, a wrestling fan because I came into it always being a, like, on the smarter side of wrestling, understanding that, you know, it's all character work and shit, and that I could never really hate a heel as much through their actions as I could for this bald motherfucker, Tommaso <laughs> Ciampa. Sean <laughs> <Shawn> Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> that one How match How dare you, you did. come out of retirement for one shitty match? <laughs> How many millions did you make, Sean? Yeah. Enough. Um, but no, Ciampa has been on a tear this year with matches and with just the fact that he is such an incorrigible ass yes that i dislike him so much that it makes me love that part of wrestling again that's really good that's a good one and it actually leads into my wrestler of the year because originally and i guess it could be if this was only last half of 2018 my wrestler of the year 100 percent would be becky lynch I don't think that could be argued. I was shocked and neither of you went with Becky Lynch, to be honest, just because of how much Almost. she's grown. But I realized... Really? You, you see my hat and you're really surprised <laughs> I, I went with a New Japan red? All right, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, but for me, I wanted someone who the whole year had been doing really good, consistent work and had some interesting development. And uh, Blake, you picked Ciampa. I picked Johnny Gargano. Because that's a solid, that's a solid pick. That man has like three five star matches yeah. this year. Well, not only that, it's a matter of like his storyline was so well. Because like with Champa, it was he's a dick, he's a dick, he's a dick, he's a dick. But Gargano, you got to see the character work evolve around having to deal with this character who's a dick. Of I am an amazing human being, or like like that's what everyone else says is he's Johnny Wrestling. He's awesome. He's awesome. Oh no, he's going crazy. Wait, he attacked Alistair Black, which led to, and this was going to be my promo of the year if we decided on that, the promo where he's in the full sale parking lot mm-hmm. and goes out and shows like, you see that spot? You remember that spot right there? That's the spot where I laid you out. And then at NXT TakeOver, I'm going to do the same fucking thing. Like, that was such a perfect moment. And now the fact that he's like, Daniel Bryan's doing playing with the heel babyface gimmick of like no I'm the good guy like the promo he did tonight after DIY supposedly reunited someone's like are you and Ciampa back to- on the same page he says nothing about it but at the end he's like at the end you'll all remember I'm the hero of this story Johnny wrestling and then just walks off and I'm like oh fuck okay cool I can't wait until the next tapings when we get Black Velvet. I'm just, I'm waiting. My body is ready. <laughs> Black Velvet will be very, very good. Also, they'll, they'll like, they'll, they'll, they'll fucking fake me out. It'll be somebody else, but I, yeah, with all my heart and soul, I'm just like, no, no, no. I need, I need Black Mass into, into Purple Rainmaker on that bald fucker. Although to be fair, we didn't even discuss, like it. 
probably is going to be Velveteen Dream because the McMahons have stolen almost everyone else to go to the main roster. Oh, yeah. But by stolen everybody else, like, none of them... So, like, Heavy Machinery is a really good, like, big man tag I, team. They got a lot of personality. I fucking love Heavy Machinery. I saw them in an... NXT. That's because they could live three doors down from you. That's how blue-collar they are. Um, <laughs> I don't... I actually don't know anything about the female wrestler they called up, the one that isn't Nikki Cross. Oh, Lacey? Um, Lacey's fantastic. I've loved Lacey for a while. So, like, they called up Nikki, who that needed to happen. Like, yeah. Probably like SmackDown or something deserves her special brand of crazy. Um, then they called up EC3, and but that's like he he wasn't really made for NXT. Like he was after all the time he spent on Impact, he was custom made main roster. Like yeah. everybody's like, oh, will he get over? I was like, I don't know, man. He got the crowd that doesn't do anything at fucking Impact tapings in Orlando to fucking cheer for him. Yeah. So I think he's got a shot, especially like on a in a SmackDown environment. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. I think he. I know. I think he's going to Raw, isn't he? I don't. I don't know if they've said anything. Although I do love Heavy Machinery because Otis tweeted, "Big Man, we're going to Monday nights." And then after SmackDown, he went, "Big Man, we're going to SmackDown." <laughs> and, and then Tucker was just like, "I don't think we know where we're going yet, Otis." And he's like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Big man, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but you know what? I'm... As long as he does the worm after their first win, that's all I need. But you guys know what I'm not sorry for? Uh, the How much you that hate I don't Gazi? have another beer yeah, yet? Yeah, no beer and Gazi. But I'm also not sorry for all the awesome merch we have at merch.aloadedpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Merch.aloadedpurebs.com is the website where you can go and get merch for all your favorite fight boys. Uh, oh, we didn't bring this up. But I do now get to, I do now know that I have to buy myself a, I'm a fight girl for life onesie, cause I'm having a fight girl and not a fight boy. So I'm super hyphy for that. And then of course you can get merch for all your favorite JWF superstars. Canada Charlie, the VWO, the fight boys themselves, they all have merch as well over at merch. Dot a load of pure BS. Dot. And now, boys, we may have had the sippies, but we're going to have to go over to the JWF because it's time for their first annual Cappy Awards. Let's have a listen. It's called the Tibbies now, damn it. Oh, sorry, Tibbs. Apparently, I'm being told right now that the, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever JWF Tibby's Award Show. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by, of course, the man who runs this company, the man who's had him one hell of a year here at the JWF. It's Captain Tibbs. I'm the daddy of all the Tibbies. That's right, Tibbs. And, of course, this is our annual award show where we award some of the greatest performances in JWF this year. But, of course, Tibbs, we've had some exciting moments as well, some moments that have made the crowd, well, the crowd go, holy shit. So let's toss things over to Spider Lockhart, who's out to give the Holy Shit Moment of the Year award. Ladies and gentlemen, Spider Lockhart here. Now listen, I've had me a lot of moments in my career where I just looked at and I said, well, holy shit. Moments where I jumped off ladders, broke down barricades, but this year, our JWF superstars have made me say, holy shit, more times than I can count. But it's time to see what the biggest holy shit moment was. And your nominees are Blake Tanner, 
for tossing Scotty Moore's ass off the top of a by God production truck. Brunch Boy Barrett for tossing Guy Fieri through a table, ending their tag team. And finally, Scotty Moore for sending the Demon Honeypot through the top of the heck in a sex structure with a vicious SMG and sending him straight to hell. All right. And between those three men, let's see the winner is Brunch Boy Barrett. Well, Tibbs, it turns out I guess the JWF champion taking out a, a Tibby early in the night, coming out to the uh, coming out to the podium. Not who I would have expected for this one, Sills. I, I thought the other two were pretty strong contenders, but I guess we'll take what what the people want. That's right, Tibbs. Let's hear what Barrett's got to say in his acceptance speech. Thank you, Spider. You see this, people? You see this gold in my hand and this gold around my waist? It's something you better get used to. Because if you thought I made you say holy shit in 2018, just wait for 2019. Because despite what certain announcers like to claim they know about me, I'm no coward. I'm the JWF World Heavyweight Champion, and by the end of the night, I'll also be the Wrestler of the Year. Well, Tibbs, I guess that was a little bit of a, a shot at me from the brunch boy there. I mean, I, I, I guess he was talking about what I was saying before his match at, uh, at Barcade that I felt like he looked afraid. But in all honesty, uh, you agree, right? He did look afraid going into that match. He looked a bit like a coward. Sills, the reason that I have you on this table is because you are a man who always tells the truth. You would never lie to me, right? That's right, Tibbs. But you know something? I think that's really developed a friendship between us, and that's why we, we personally are going to go out and give out the next award. Let's go to the podium. <clears throat> so you know something, Tibbs? When people tune into the JWF, they tune in for the action, that hard-hitting fighting they're known for, but also for the friendship, for the relationship. I mean, as, as two men who have been best friends for a long time, I really only thought it was appropriate for us to present the award for the JWF BFFs of the Year. Well, you know, Sills, that's completely right. And I guess it's time to read out the nominees. Tonight, you have Johnny Bananas and Joey Pajamas, those crazy boys from the Upper West Side. Or Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore, the BS. And finally... Tibbs? Tibbs, are you... Hold on. I said I wasn't gonna cry. Uh, uh, here, Tibbs. Let me just Sorry. let me just see. Just it says the the last nominee is of course Captain Tibbs and the Hammer Man. And Tibbs, it's it's all right, Tibbs. It's all right. Here, let's let's just let's just see who the winners are. All right. All right. Well, Tibbs, looks like you ain't got to worry about the Hammer Man because you're JWF. BFFs of the year are the men known as the B.S. Oh, thank God. All right, Tibbs, and here they are coming out to the ring, both of them slapping hands, looking excited. I mean, of course, you know they had a great rivalry earlier in the year, but after their reunion, I guess I guess the, uh, the, the members of the voting staff saw it fit to call them best friends. Let's hear what they got to say. You know what? They say that a real friendship, a real kinship, brotherhood, it has to be forged 
through fire. It has to be forged in battle. And let me tell you something. In 2018, me and Blake Tanner, well, we certainly forged one hell of a bond this year. You know, that's right, Scotty. We've just about done everything that one man can do to another. Mm-hmm. Um, we've fought in horrible, horrible battles, done terrible, terrible things, and we've still come out on the other end right here together. That's right. As friends, like we have for every year since. And you're not going to apologize for anything, are you? For what? What are you talking about? I don't know, the three, uh, three, three so months uh, where you would do the thing that you did. You jumped at me from behind, attacked oh, me. Yeah. yeah. And basically it felt like you hated well, me. Well, I mean, you did throw me. Like, we just saw the footage. You threw me off the top of a production truck. So, I mean, I felt like we're even after that. But, I mean... Co- that was a good moment, yeah. I did feel... I felt a lot, really cathartic after well, that. Well, come on. Think about it. It made you a better champion, didn't it? it I mean... Every great champion, whether it be a Shawn Michaels, a Triple H, they needed a great rival. And your rival, well, it just so happened to be your best friend. Very good on you, and I did win all those matches. But barring all of that, we don't have to talk about it. You see, because when it comes to this award, me and Scotty... We've earned this more than anyone else in the JWF. Anybody else in wrestling, period. Me and Scotty Moore are truly the best of the best friends that you could be in all of professional wrestling. Best friends! Best friends, best buds, best dudes, and if anybody wants to question that, well, we are right here in the middle of the ring, so you can step up and take a shot at the BS. Because then... You can get your ass properly knocked back down by the best friends in JWF history, the BS. That's right. Oh, oh, Tibbs! Looks like the VWO attacking the BS from behind. Looks like they're trying to get the upper hand. Oh, but wait! Looks like the BS quickly reversing both these teams going out in the ring. This is insanity, Tibbs. I love it. Take them down, BS. Just... Punch four. That's right, Scotty. Ooh, with a beautiful super kick to Griffin, who rolls out of the ring. But wait a minute, Blake. Oh, Blake's got the Tibby. He's got that golden award. And ooh, bashing in the head of Griffin Clouds with that golden statue. It looks like the BS have managed to survive that assault. But who knows what's going to be next for the BFFs of the JWF, Dibs? Let me tell you, Sills, that cannot feel good. The Tibbies are made of lead statues painted gold. That's right, Tibbs. And then, of course, I mean, we got to think about these men. The VWO, Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, they've had some of the most amazing matches this year from Wrestlepalooza to Summerfest. Some absolutely fantastic showings by these men. But we need to find out what the match of the year is. And in order to do that, well, we're going to have to turn things over to Canada Charlie, who's out to present the award for match of the year. Okay, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it seems that I, Canada Charlie, truly a breed above all other American wrestlers here at the JWF, uh, it seems I have been brought out here to reveal to you what the match of the year was. Uh, 
But you see, I was looking at the list ahead of time, and I saw a small problem with it. Because, uh, I can tell you what the match of the year is. I can tell you what every match of the year was. It was every time that I stepped into the ring and I beat someone six ways to Tuesday, okay? But for some reason, I was left out of the list. I guess the rest of you, whoever's making these lists, thought that whatever else they picked couldn't compete with old Charlie Boy here. So, fine. Don't worry. I'll take home wrestler of the year and show you all how big of a winner I am. So back to this stupid category, match of the year. The nominees are... The Elite versus the Fight Boys from Los Trios Tangos. Undertaker versus Momoa Curry at Wrestlepalooza. And Guy Fieri versus Brunch Boy Baron at Barcade. Okay, well, let's see what you got. Our winner is... Momoa Curry versus The Undertaker. Yippee-ki-yay. All right, Tibbs. Well, I mean, I guess Canada Charlie doesn't seem excited about it, but the crowd is getting off their feet for the return of Momoa Curry, a man we haven't seen since Summerfest after a vicious match against Scotty Moore. But the, uh, the god of the sea is making his return. Tibbs, this is amazing. He always comes back for the big moments. Especially when there's a chance that he could get a big old award. That's right, Tibbs, and he's getting in the ring. Looks like he's scaring off Canada Charlie, but let's hear what he's got to say in victory. Guess who's back? That's right, bitches, it's me. God of law, God of the sea, and of course, God of the Tibby. But you see... I'm not just back to grab this trophy and run back to my aquatic mansion. No, no, I'm back for a reason. I'm back to tell you that this trophy isn't the only gold old Momoa's been eyeing. No, 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 because the real gold that I want is around the waist of some hater brunch boy. And as far as I'm concerned, the first step to stealing that title away from him is at the Regal Rumble. Which is why I'd like to formally announce my entry into that match. 30 men step into the ring, but only one man will leave. And his name is Momoa Curry. Oh my god, Tibbs, this is astounding! Not only Fantastic! Not only is Momoa apparently decreed that now 30 men are going to be in our Regal Rumble as opposed to what? 20. What? I guess, guess we're going to have to hire some people, Tibbs, but also he's going to be the first entrant into that match. Momoa Curry. It's been forever since he's been in a rumble. It's been forever since he's gotten a shot at that JWF World Heavyweight Championship, and he's got some unresolved issues with Brunch Boy Bear. That's right, Tibbs. Of course, Brunch Boy, a man for using dirty tactics. Of course, at Barcade, we saw him use the Poison Mimosa to get the upper edge against uh, against his opponent, Guy Fieri. But of course, he may not have been the dirtiest player in the game this year. But in order to find out who is, we're going to have to turn over to the man who's going to be announcing the next Tibby Award. And it is, of course, the original dirtiest player in the game. Tibbs, it's the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Ladies 
ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you now. I have had myself a long career of jet flying, limousine riding, and being the dirtiest player in the game, brother. But you see, here in the JWF, you guys take the dirtiest player farther than the old nature boy ever could. And that's why I'm out here today to present the award for the dirtiest player in the game. And the nominees are Felix Ball, Scotty Moore, and the Dillon. And your winner is... Woo! Looks like it's the Lord of the Smart Side himself, the Dylan! Well, Tibbs, this is, of course, no surprise to me or you. Of course, the Dylan, known as the master of Dick Fu, known for his low blows. Uh, of course, losing his title last night at Barcade, unfortunately, after using a lot of chair shots, low blows. But who knows? Maybe this is going to turn it around for the Dylan. What do you think? I don't know, Sills, but I think that. He really deserves this award here, the Dylan. Even after I banned some of his moves, he has somehow successfully made me forget that. That's right, Tim. But the Dylan getting in the ring, but Dylan doesn't seem too happy about receiving this award. Let's hear what he's got to say. Thanks, Rick. Glad they could uh, scrounge up the cash and make, uh, make your plane right out here. I'm not exactly happy about this award. Especially not after last night. You see, last night, unfortunately, while I was uh, was looking up at the lights, I had a bit of an epiphany. See, I've been playing things the Ric Flair way. been playing the game dirty for a while. Using the ends to justify the means. Using, using that championship I used to hold to justify what I did. See, I wanted to hold it so bad that despite the fight motivating me the gold kept me from growing from being the better fighter so when Mojo Gruff stood tall after I tried well every dirty play in the game I realized that I can't keep going that way if I want to prove that I'm the best here. If I want to prove that I'm the best in the wrestling world, I have to evolve. I have to change course. So that's why I'm going to make a change. See, after tonight, as of right now, there's no more chair shots. There's no more low blows. No more break to the eyes. Okay, maybe I'll keep the break to the eyes. But this is a change. This is the start of a new era for the Dylan. I'm going to win through my prowess. I'm going to show that technically, physically, mentally, I am the epitome of pro wrestling. I am with a conversation about the greatest starts and stops. And I'm going to get my championship back. And I'm going to sail into the sunset with it. Tibbs, that's certainly not what I expected to hear from the Dylan after that. He's a man who's always been proud of... I mean, he's been known as the master of Dick Fu. A man who's known for 
those low blows, punching people where it counts, but uh, it looks like we're going to see something new out of them. How do you feel about that? But you know, Sills, it seems like the Dylan has charted a different course for himself. And if there's anybody that can tell that someone is walking down a different path, is sailing towards that sunset that they want more than anything, it's me. And I think this from the Dylan is nothing but genuine. That's right, Tibbs. But of course, speaking of the Dylan, speaking of men like Canada Charlie, Brunch Boy Baron, these are all men who have been nominated for, of course, the JWF's most prestigious award, the JWF Wrestler of the Year Award. And I'm actually, I actually have to head to the ring right now to make the announcement. Tibbs, can you take over for me? Yes, sir. <clears throat> Well, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we're coming to the end of this year's Tibby Awards. And on behalf of anyone, i got to say thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for joining us for an absolutely fantastic 2018. And I know everybody out there is going to make 2019 just as amazing. But let's close it out with this. The announcement of the 2018 JWF Wrestler of the Year. And the nominees are Brunch Boy Baron Corbin, Blake Tan. Canada Charlie, Mojo Gruff, and the Dillon. And your winner is Blake Tanner. Ladies and gentlemen of the JWF, look at that. Blake Tanner has won, won your JWF Wrestler of the Year. Not something I think is very well deserved for Blake Tanner, a champion for so much of this, this year who has fought so many hard battles to deserve it. And he's coming down to the ring right now. Wow. Uh, you know, Silves, Tibbs, JWF Universe, uh, this right here, this really makes it all worth it. I mean, waking up as early as I do every day, training in my ass off at the gym, coming here every Monday night to get my ass beaten half of the time to the breaking point over and over, doing what I love, fighting for what I love, for all the championships that I've held this year and that I may have sadly lost for every great, amazing match from the Rumble at the beginning of this year, Wrestlepalooza everything this year was one of the greatest in my career if not the greatest of all in my life and I owe it all to each and every one of you who has stood behind me while I held my championships while I became the longest one of the longest reigning JWF champions in history. It was all thanks to you. What? That's Brunch Boy Baron Corbin's music. Why is his music started? Br Brunch Boy Baron Corbin, he's coming down to the ring. Hey, he didn't win. Silves, Silves, come here, buddy. Give me the envelope. Give it to me, you piece of shit. You think it's funny, Silves? You think what you're doing right now is funny? Lying to all these people in the audience? Because we all know the truth. We all know the truth you're trying to hide. 
because we all know how little you care about me, don't you, Silver Spoon? You see, we all know that I deserve Wrestler of the Year. Not this idiot. Not Canada Charlie. Not the Dylan. Not Mojo Gruff. Me. I am the reigning, defending JWF champion, and I deserve respect. Respect that I don't think you've been showing me. Wait, what? Get up! Oh, God! Baron Corbin! He's grabbed Silver Spoon! Silver Spoon! He's a commentator, for God's sake! Oh, he's taking him out! He's taking him out with a brunch of days! Brunch of days on the Silver Spoon! Silver Spoon is laying prone on his back! By God, he is retired, damn it! But no, Blake Tanner! Blake Tanner jumping on Baron Corbin! He's laying in these vicious shots to the spine and the back of Baron Corbin, but Baron fights back! Both of these men battling it out in the middle of the ring! Blake with a quick shot. Look, he's setting up. Yeah, it's Seth. He's setting up for the beast thing, but no. Baron Corbin, he reverses it into a clothesline. He's taking out the former JWF champion. He's taking out our wrestler of the year. He's picking up his title. He's picking up the JWF championship. Baron Corbin, he has laid out everyone in the ring. Blake Danner, our wrestler of the year. Silver Spoon, a retired commentator for God's sake. This is how the Cappies have to end. This is it. Not with a bang, but with Brunch Boy. Well, in that case, I guess we'll see you next week. On behalf of Silver Spoon and all the rest of the JWF, I am Captain Tibbs. We'll see you next time. All right, boys. It's been one hell of an episode. What did you learn this week? I learned that uh, tiny Japanese women apparently love beating the shit out of people with kendo sticks. <laughs> um, hold on a second. For the strangest reason, I'm about to pass out. Um, <laughs> like my voice is gone for some reason. It's like I can't talk at all, but no. Um, oh, I thought that I... was a you were drunk comment, but... <laughs> No, very different. Very energetic for the last few minutes for some reason. Um, but I learned that no matter who your wrestler of the year is, you're probably sure to have a good reason behind it. That's right. And I, le- I thought you were going to say, no matter who your wrestler of the year is, it's not Mojo Rowley. <laughs> <laughs> I also learned that no matter who you are speaking in the JWF, Silver Spoon will interrupt you with a that's right. <laughs> that's right, Tiffs. And I learned <laughs> I learned that apparently Dylan likes New Japan Pro Wrestling. I didn't know that before this show. <laughs> uh, Holy shit, man. Yeah. I keep I listen, I play I play things pretty private, pretty pretty close to the chest. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't have a lot of <laughs> Um little bit of a show note since next week I think we've brought it up, but since next week is Christmas, there will be no fight boys. Instead, we want you to enjoy Christmas with your family. Or, of course, pick them up some merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com and wrap it up for them. But Dylan can be found on Twitter at SexyChuckyT. Blake, where can they find you? Um, you can find me enjoying all of that pre-taped Raw and SmackDown. You can also find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me losing my voice. Oh, no, he's going to die. He's leaving us. <laughs> 
And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon. And then, of course, make sure to go to audibletrial.com slash bsnetwork where you can get a free 30-day trial and a free copy of any of my audiobooks I've released on there, ladies and gentlemen. It supports us. You get something for free. It's win-win. But you can also support us on Patreon or by picking up some merch. So check that out. Check out all the other shows at a load of purebs.com. And, of course, remember to support us by rating on iTunes. We need all the ratings we can get. Or subscribing on our YouTube channel if you've not subscribed to us already. It's where me and Blake do Developmentally Unstable. It's where all the JWF pay-per-views end up. So check that out. And, as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Buy our merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Chuck Taylor, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!